0: And so I was learning about the body and nutrition and kind of how things work. And I went on an ATV. I got an ATV and went on the sand dunes and I dropped off the backside of a sand sand dune. So if you don't know, sand dunes actually like have a very high pitch. Um, This is about six feet tall. And instead of rolling the ATV, I decided to gun it and jump it. But what happened then was that my um, my chest and my arms were our shock absorbers. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So and it shattered my right arm like in hundreds of pieces. <gasps> like so many pe- so many pieces that the doctor was like, "I, we can't do anything for it. We have we can, we can put an external fixator on it and hope that your bones find their way back."
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And I knew enough about nutrition and health at that point that I knew my bones should not have done that. So I was like, okay, because bones usually break clean. It's usually like a one break. You know, they don't blow up. <laughs> and that's when I was like, okay, whatever I'm choosing here has to stop. So I, I stopped cold turkey. I stopped partying. I stopped doing drugs. I stopped going out with friends just to stay out of the, that circle, that cycle. And I just really started to turn inward, you know, not having something to numb me from reality, which was what the drugs were, the alcohol was, the partying was, like trying to numb myself from what was going on. I chose to study more modalities and take a diver deep into myself and into just seeking. I've always just wanted the answers.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Project podcast. Venus Castleberg is my guest today, and she is the author of the bestseller Here to Forever, Finally Free to Be Me. This is a story that explores looking for love in all the wrong places. Familiar? Written with a beautiful vulnerability, clarity, and a welcoming lightheartedness, Here to Forever gives readers a glimpse into Venus's own journey of joy and destruction, asking everyone to consider the possibility that love can be filled with ease and fulfillment. From a belief system that she was flawed and broken to discovering how to like and love herself, Venus delivers the tools and processes that others can apply to create something greater. Venus Castleberg is a seasoned entrepreneur, a coach, and a devotee of joyful possibility. She is a holistic healthcare practitioner with over 20 years of studying and practicing a range of modalities. Renowned for her compassion, clarity of vision, and joyful approach to life and business, Venus has developed an impressive track record. You can learn more about her, of course, at venuscastleberg.com, and we'll be sure to put all of her links in the show notes at the end of the show. Please join me in welcoming Venus Castleberg. Hey, Venus. Hi, thank you for having me. (laughs) I love this part in your bio, which is that you are renowned for your compassion. I almost giggled because I was thinking, what if we were renowned for something terrible, right? It's like, (laughs) it's like compassion is, I know, it's true, but... (laughs) for that choice of word. It's like, I would love to be renowned for compassion, right? And which is so such a testament to your work, because you really are all about creating, right? Like this way of being in the world that has you access different ways of creating that every day.
0: It's been a journey, right? Obviously, I wasn't always here.
1: (laughs) Which is why we think, I think we appreciate it so much when we learn that there is this heaven, you know, on earth that we didn't realize was available until it was. Yeah. So I love kind of, I was watching some of your YouTube videos and just really experiencing just your very calming, very centered way of communicating and being. And I'd love to hear just because I think we have a tendency to look at others and just see those qualities that have oftentimes been hard one, hey, you know, like I earned all the lines on my face, right? Like i, I it took me forever, forever to get to <laughs> <yeah>, forever <laughs> to get to this place, right? But to everybody else, it can just look like we were born that way. So I would love to just hear really about your just more of your life story.
0: Well, thank you for that. I'd love to start actually a little bit differently with that question because you've triggered something. When you see something in somebody else. You only are able to see it because it exists in you. Hmm. If it didn't exist in you, you couldn't even see it. So it's easy to go, well, that person has that. But it's like, but if you can't see that, then then it wouldn't be a possibility for you,
1: right? Yeah.
0: When I got that, I was like, oh, okay. I started seeing myself in the world differently because I saw so much kindness and I saw so much compassion and I saw so much ease and relaxation, but that's what I am. So I could see it with ease.
1: And when did that start, like you being able to see it? Was it always like that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm a work in progress. Then. And I, I don't even attribute that I feel like I've arrived anywhere because mm-hmm. I'm still a work in progress. We still have things that are constantly coming up, but 22 years ago now, it seems like forever, I started with massage therapy and I was seeking for the modality that I thought would fix me. Now, I didn't realize I was doing that. I thought I was just picking a career path. (laughs) Like, this is what I'm going to do. And as I got into it and after years of like different modalities and stuff like that, I discovered this modality called access consciousness. And when I discovered access consciousness, I finally realized for the first time ever that I wasn't broken. I didn't need to be fixed. There wasn't anything wrong with me. And subsequently, that's when I started to see there was also nothing wrong with anybody else. There was nothing that needed to be fixed. And when you can see somebody with that vision, they are invited to see it for themselves. Mm. When you don't see somebody as broken, or wrong, or you have no judgments of them, then suddenly there's this space and allowance that has them go, oh, wow,
1: I'm okay. Space and allowance. I actually did, I do these spring cleans with girlfriends, you know, and it when I'm in what I call like an emotional wave, now I call it that because of human design, right? And access consciousness may have a different word for it, but it's kind of that place for me where everything starts to like build up, right? Where it's like, you know, and I feel like I'm like (laughs) choking. And space really for me is something that is so cherished and so important. And I really got this idea of space as grace, you know, and starting to really kind of play with understanding it through a different lens. And it gave me not only like for myself, space for myself, space for my humanity, space and permission for other people to be who they are. And it's like the second that we start throwing judgments around, you can just feel that space tighten up. You can just feel how everything contracts and how... These ways of being either expand or contract us. And so, it's really like the practice for me lately is kind of, what else can I bring into this space that continues to allow for the unfolding of my true being?
0: Yeah, that's beautifully said. I do have one of my favorite tools that changes judgment. Like, judgment and gratitude can't exist in the same space. So if you find yourself in judgment, if you just find something to be grateful for, you will change your focus and you'll change the energy and what's possible.
1: Well, what are you grateful for like today? Like, do you wake up with a gratitude practice? Is that something you do daily?
0: It is, but I don't do it. I, I used to do it a little more planned <laughs> because I needed to develop that muscle, you know, mm-hmm. I do often still get up and and write down three things I'm grateful for about me because we often don't ever we often focus on what we're grateful for outside of ourselves but rarely do we say okay I'm actually grateful that I am a kind person mm-hmm. or I am grateful that that I listened to that person or I saw saw a need and I fulfilled it those we don't acknowledge ourselves at all so that's another step in that, like gratitude and yeah, it because I've practiced it so much it is more just a daily everyday practice that just happens naturally. And if I find myself going down some sort of rabbit hole of something, I'm just like, okay, so what am I grateful for right now? You know. Yes. What am I even the situations that are uncomfortable. You know, it's like, okay, what's right about this? What am I what's the beauty underneath this? Is Another way of going, okay, what am I grateful for here? Because like you said, as we grow and we change, it can be crunchy, it can be tight, it can be, you feel like we're choking and it's like, okay, but what's the beauty underneath it? Because there's always something. Yeah, The universe is always conspiring for us, never against us. And so even if we're suffering, it seems like we're suffering, air quotes, (laughs) then there's something that's working in your favor. So you can look at a broken relationship, like in hindsight, you look back and go, wow, I'm actually really glad now that it didn't work out. But in the moment, you're like, (laughs) you
1: know. Yes. And really, and really, depending on how much space you get from that relationship, you can see, you know, like that, that person was a great teacher, or that person, you know, came with so many disguised gifts that helped us to become who we needed to be. You know, like I often used to keep blaming certain people for their presence in my life basically. But what <laughs> what I started to really appreciate and understand is that they were people really difficult people that actually made me take a stand for myself in a different way and taught me how to create boundaries or taught me how to have resilience, you know, taught me how to self-reflect. There's so many ways I think that we can just kind of step over the gifts. And I love how you said that, though. It's like the beauty underneath because the Revelation Project for me is kind of that. It's like, okay, what's under that? What's under that? What's under that? And also just this idea of really revealing what is often hiding in plain sight, or is hiding from our, kind of from our physical experience of the world, right? It's the intangibles. It's for example, we know energy exists, you know, like we can see the trees blowing, but we can't see the wind. So it's also kind of this Exploration in terms of like what can we uncover or reveal that has nothing to do with what we can tangibly see.
0: Yeah, oh, that's beautiful. And, and I I loved it in the beginning of the conversation. You were talking about space and it like we're made up of mostly space, mm. you know? And I think that there were even like our bodies are even like five or 10 percent, I can't remember the exact human. And all the other things, you know, it's all the others is water and space and bacteria, and, right? But like, so think about that, like you're only 5%,
1: 10% human, <laughs> right? That's amazing.
0: <laughs> and so, yeah, energy, space, it's like, it's all around and inside. And we can't feel it. We can't see it. But it's what everything is made of.
1: Yes. And which leads me to ask you, what... I'm going to go back to kind of my original question cuz I I want to know like what was life like for you in the before times like the bef- before <laughs> you <laughs> b- before you kind of found or accessed right cuz I always feel like there's this portal moment that transports us and sometimes it's a moment sometimes it's a series of moments sometimes it's like the darkest darkest moment right where we just finally have this revelation or realization that like, oh my God, I didn't just die and there's something else here. Yep.
0: And I had exactly that moment. (laughs) So I partied a lot in my 20s. I like to say I partied like a rock star. I'm not not exaggerating. (laughs) So and about I think the age of 28, I started, and you probably know about it and I've talked about it, but started in return. That's Saturn Return 28, 32 is your Saturn Return. And I, I w- had already started massage school. And so I was learning about the body and nutrition and kind of how things work. And I went on an ATV. I got an ATV and went on the sand dunes. And I dropped off the backside of a sand, of a sand dune. So if you don't know, sand dunes actually like have a very high pitch. Um, this was about six feet tall and instead of rolling the atv i decided to gun it and jump it but what happened then was that my um my chest and my arms were our shock absorbers oh, <laughs> boy yeah so and it shattered my right arm like in hundreds of pieces <gasps> like so many pe- so many pieces that the doctor was like i We can't do anything for it. We have we can put an external fixator on it and hope that your bones find their way back.
1: Oh my goodness! Yeah,
0: (laughs) and I knew enough about nutrition and health at that point that I knew my bone should not have done that. So I was like, okay, because bones usually break clean. It's usually like a one break. You know, they don't blow up. (laughs) And that's when I was like, okay, whatever. I'm choosing here has to stop. So I, I stopped cold turkey. I stopped partying. I stopped doing drugs. I stopped going out with friends just to stay out of the that circle, that cycle. And I just really started to turn inward, you know, not having something to numb me from reality, which was what the drugs were, the alcohol was, the partying was, like trying to numb myself from what was going on. I chose to study more modalities and take a diver deep into myself and into just seeking I've always just wanted the answers and I think for a long time I thought I was finding them through drugs and alcohol and partying and then it was just it was hollow there wasn't a lot to it and then from that subsequent quitting drugs within six months I became a clairvoyant medium like literally overnight like I I went to a Reiki training one day. Came home and I could see dead people. It was crazy. <laughs> wow. Yep. Yeah. But it was I six months clean and sober, so it was no longer what I was experiencing on a drug. Thinking that maybe I saw it, maybe I didn't. Um, there was now no question because now the people that I was seeing, even the people I would talk to, knew that
1: person. Changed everything. My gosh, I have so many questions. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> oh, wow. Because, you know, I always, it's so funny because I, there's this tendency for me to be like, oh, I wish I could do that. And then I'm like, wait a minute, careful what you wish for, right? Like, I'm just curious, like, how, like, how does that feel? Like, what, what did that feel like? Because, There's some way that that really like draws me in, like, because I and I think because I'm like, so I feel connected. But there's this other part of me that's like, I want I want to see the things I cannot see because I know that they're here. I know that they're here. And I wonder, I just have so many questions about without derailing, right, like our conversation, like what creates that opening, and then is that something that you were like, you had to kind of learn to hold and learn to manage and learn to kind of turn it on and turn it off? Like, those are some of my questions. Yeah,
0: Those are great questions. Um, and wherever you want to go is great. So I was asking because I had quit partying at that point. And I was like, okay, now there's got to be something more. So I was asking for more. I wouldn't say that I was asking for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, like, it's like be really specific. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And beca- and I do say be careful what you wish for because you don't know what you're going to get. And I I had a friend once who said the same thing. She's like, oh, I really. She could hear her spirit guides, and she's like, I'd really like to see them. And I said, okay, but see what's funny is like. I've developed it over time but at first I could see them and I couldn't hear them so I it was like playing charades all the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was trying to figure out what they were saying but they would show me images and things so I was playing a guessing game a lot of the time so I wished I could hear them and then I had an experience of hearing them and I thought oh no that's
1: a little too much <laughs> like, like, just kidding like, just kidding yeah Shh, just kidding. be quiet yeah <laughs> <laughs> I liked you better when you were just quiet right, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so one you'll never get where you can't handle and I did spend three years resisting it because mm-hmm. I was just like absolutely not I'm I didn't want it it's in the book you know it was just like it's a gift I want to give back I didn't want to be the crazy lady. I didn't want to be seen as weird and that different. And so I fought it. But what I noticed over those three years was I was getting more and more and more depressed. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know why. Like I was just like, but I was just, I was withdrawing from my mom because my mom and I've always been really close and she wanted to like talk about things and I couldn't tell her this. This is one of those things I just felt like I couldn't tell her. I didn't think she... I don't know what I thought I couldn't handle it or, you know, what my mom
1: think? you know, what if she thought I was crazy? You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. What if I am crazy? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 But at the same time I was still a little bit of a closet person because if I was massaging somebody and the spirit walked in the room, I would say, okay, I know this might sound weird, but somebody just walked in the room. So I was, I was resisting it, but I was still willing to do it. If, it was in those closed quarters and the person said they were open to it. And I only have one person ever say no, you know, and um, it was even a friend of mine and he was just like, I just don't believe in that. And I said, okay, cool. I'm not going to force it on anybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I really fought it. And I had this depression and withdrawal and, and then I just said, okay, you apparently universe, God, whatever it is, gave me this for a reason. I'm just going to step and choose to accept it as part of, who I am. Mm-hmm. And then I sat my mom down and told my mom. And at the time, my mom was even a hospice nurse. So she was saying, like, she had three visitors right away. As soon as I told my mom, and she said, Well, did you think I wouldn't love you anyway? And some of it surprises me, but some, most of it doesn't. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And then she had three visitors, one right after the other, that she had done hospice with, and she knew exactly who they were. And so she got her confirmation. I got more of mine. So that that confirmation over time made me go. Okay, well, I'm not obviously I'm not making this shit up. Yeah, Sorry.
1: <laughs> but yeah. <You> <laughs> okay, shit <cool>. bomb here. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Yay. Let me go back to what you said though, because I don't want to assume. When you say visitors, do you mean like visitors? Or she yeah, was working in hospice. Yeah, these were three hospice. people that
0: had passed away. Yeah. Okay. These were okay. Three people that she had helped transition in hospice. You helped them,
1: and they visited her. They
0: visited her. Got yeah. it. So after I told her, "Hey, I'm a medium," she's like, "Cool." She didn't, you know, believe yes or no. She wasn't in the like that energy, but this really confirmed it for her. She was like, "Oh, I know exactly who those people are," and they were all just extremely grateful. My mom's a very kind person, so.
1: But you were essentially the one who was like, "Mom, you have three visitors, and these are them," or was yeah. she accessing it? Okay, got it. So it's yeah, not like was, okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that is the coolest thing. And so she was really kind of that was very validating for both of you. And Yeah. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, and at that point I stopped. I stopped hiding it, but what was cool was it stopped pounding on my door. When mm-hmm. you resist anything, anything you resist, it persists. Like so my resistance was making it louder and harder and but then as soon as I said, okay, whatever this is, what do you want me to do with it? You know, And, and did some clearings and I've, I've learned how to clear entities and help them move on and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, now I, it happens sometimes, but it's not as loud as it was when I was resisting the gift.
1: Well, and I love to kind of this idea that the resistance was really creating the density that was... You know, kind of like weighing you into this separation and isolation and depression, which is such a great way to think about what happens when we resist something that's true. It's kind of the same thing that happens to space when you put judgment in it and it starts contracting. It's like, And I think so much of this is unconscious because we don't realize, but one thing I've really learned to appreciate about my body is that it's always got the wisdom and all I have to do is tune in and notice where it's feeling tight or where it's feeling heavy. And then I can get curious about, okay, clearly, you know, I'm not in a place of like joy and levity. Okay. That's clue number one. (laughs) And then just really kind of allowing myself to get curious about like kind of what's keeping me from being true, what's keeping me from being me in that state, because that's when I'm truly most in touch with myself is when I'm the lightest, when I'm, you know, the most joyous, when I'm the most honest, when I'm the most connected and centered. Yeah. I agree. What does revelation mean to you?
0: Um, well, revelation—I'd I'd almost call it an opening. It's like a—it's like a new possibility that comes in, an aha moment. You know, like wow. You know, I—I d- I never thought of it that way, or I never saw that before. You know, and it, I don't know if you've heard of it before, but there's this thing called landmark education.
1: I've done it all. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) I I did like the whole program in my twenties. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if you remember, but it's like, you know what you know and you know what you don't know, but there's a whole bunch of stuff that you don't know that you don't know. And so when you have that aha moment or that revelation that you're like, Oh wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You You know, it's like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even know it was possible. And that's one of the things I love about acts of consciousness has been this, like, there's always something more. There's a new level of awareness. There's a new level of revelation. There's a new level of possibility. And in the past, I'd always thought that there was a place where I was going to land. Like, I'll get there someday. I'll end the race. And it's like, Your whole life is the race. There is no end until you die. And then that's not really the end either, but your body dies and you probably pick up another one. So, you know, it's like, but, so there's always more to discover about yourself, about life, about the world. Yeah, I just had an amazing experience going to Castle Borgoni in Italy and staying in a castle. And it was just, It just upped my level of receiving in a way and nurturance and abundance and, you know, like seeing a whole different level of
1: financial possibility than I had ever been experienced to. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Like what inspired, like what inspired, what made that happen? Well, the castle um, is actually owned by Access Consciousness and uh, we have classes
0: there. And But this is my first time going there. And we did a class called Choice of Possibilities. But the whole castle has been brought back to life and filled with antiques. You literally sit at every meal and eat off of fine china and silver and there's fine china silver or teacups and the elegance, the crystal glasses, like there's so much elegance. The duvet cover that I slept on there is worth $25,000 because it's threaded with real gold thread, right? But it had just taken me to a whole different level of possibility and receiving that I had never experienced, so I didn't even know it existed.
1: Okay, I have so much to say about this because it's the enchantment. Right. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's like that way of playing with it's like, why do we save the fine china for the guests that never come? Like, why don't we use the fine china? Why don't we? It's like, it's just that moment where you are just letting those barriers fall. And you're like, who am I not to sleep under a comforter that's, you know, threaded with gold, right? Like, it's just this, like, wow, this is and it's not I get that it's not the point here is not capitalistic wealth. Like, that's not the point. The point is the sheer, like, it's like that moment where we can indulge, but but in the possible way. There's so many, like everything kind of has a light side and a shadow side. And so when I think about how you're expressing this castle experience, it's like it just allowed you to see this whole other way of Living in this space of enchantment or opulence, or and say more. Like I don't even know if like I'm just so excited that you even said that. You know, yeah. It's it, it's it's a it's the elegance of living. Mm.
0: It's enjoying. Like, why are we here if we're not here to enjoy life? Yeah, and every aspect of it. Uh, the
1: the laughter the yummy food the right i can feel my catholic upbringing going gluttony the seven <laughs> right. deadly sins you know <laughs> right? and it's like oh dear god yes
0: <laughs> yeah i have i had that too and i just was like i didn't i just don't believe if you believe in god i just don't believe god's up there going you should abstain from everything until you die mhm and it's I just don't believe that. So this this is me. I'm not and I'm not trying to convince anybody to believe like me, but I really believe that we're here to enjoy it.
1: <laughs> All of it. Right. That 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 well, and this goes back to like the heaven on earth. And it's there's a way too I want to bring in what I call the sacred and here because there's this ah, this the Maya, right? The illusion, right? The way that we can keep ourselves in this, I call it the trance of unworthiness, but it's that illusionary way that we can just separate from our own divinity, from our own sacred worth, and allow for us to really just tap into the true enjoyment and pleasure and vitality that is here right now in this moment. And That's that training ground for me that it just took me so long to unbecome from, unravel from, that told me that doing that and was sinful or that somehow I needed to, what, deprive myself? That, you know, it's all this stuff like that poverty is closer to God, or whatever those things are that we do in our culture to just stay in the trance. And also to recognize that we can be an incredible human being in service to other human beings and fully allow and welcome resources and Wealth and opulence and pleasure, and it doesn't diminish how we serve, it doesn't diminish who we are, it doesn't mean anything that it doesn't mean anything to talk about a landmark term, right? It's <laughs> like, it's, we're meaning making machines. And so it's really about, I think, going back to it's so great that our conversation has literally been like this the whole time It's about that, the expansion and the contraction, where do you contract in your body? And is that what How's that working for you? You know what I mean? Like, right. and where are you like, allowing more breath, allowing more love, allowing more pleasure, allowing more perspective, because this is where we've just been totally duped into thinking that it needs to be anything other than a continual expansion. I get that contraction is very useful because it gives us that perspective as well of like oh this is it's actually like universal law it's necessary for us to be able to expand we have to be able to have the shadow to have the light so i just i think that is so cool and i want to go to the castle
0: i will send you the information okay <laughs> yeah it's open to the public so it's just a beautiful place yeah yeah and it, i also like to challenge people to really think about this if you have a million dollars or billion dollars and it's not about the money but let's just say you have that money how much more change can you catalyst in the world with a ton of money yeah how much change can you really catalyst if you're broke right so and again it's just like that invitation to more that when you're willing to choose more and have more other people get to say hey i'll have that too just like you just did Mm
1: -hmm. you were like
0: that sounds amazing. I want to Sign say that. Sign me right? up. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, but that, if I hadn't had that experience, I could have never been the invitation to you and then you wouldn't have had that experience. So we've been doing it kind of backwards in this reality where we're like, well, if I suffer enough, I could take everybody with me on this suffering journey rather than why don't you enjoy it more? And invite everybody on the journey. And some will go with you, but some won't. But that's not also your job. It's not your job to try to drag people with you.
1: So good. One of my mentors and greatest teachers has been Lynn Twist, who wrote the book, The Soul of Money. And she teaches a course called Fundraising from the Heart. And I believe it's still true that she is like the single largest fundraiser in the world, male or female, for philanthropic causes, causes that are near and dear to her heart. And of course, from Landmark Education, she was the director of The Hunger Project for many, many years. Mm and over multiple countries. And this woman, you know, speaks the language of possibility. And so, you know, it's really like this whole idea too, of enrolling from a place of really being able to create a possibility for somebody to envision and then like they get to step into it or not. But it's this idea of like, Going back to what you said earlier, like, what if, you know, there's nothing to fix? You know, what if it's more about just inviting each other into these possibilities that are near and dear to our heart and sharing in the literally, like, the true prosperity that is right here, right now? Yeah.
0: And and I think, and thank you for saying that because I really see that's also how the gratitude plays in. Yeah, say more. Like. Because, well, if you're willing to be grateful, gratitude grows. So the more you're grateful for whatever you have, the more you it will grow. But if you judgment, judge it, you'll kill it. So you can use money, for instance. Can you be grateful for the penny that you have that you found on the ground, right? And that gratitude will attract more. The universe like attracts like. The universe goes, oh, she likes money. Okay, I'll bring her money. Yes. Right? And then you're more grateful. But then if you're judging, well man, my paycheck wasn't enough. Does money want to come hang out with you? Do you're right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Right. It's
1: another energy. Exactly. Yep. Yep. It puts that stop. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's like what you appreciate appreciates, which is of course one of Lynn's terms too, which I, I felt like that's where you're going with what you were saying with gratitude. But it yep. is, it's so true. It's like really just the energy follows the thought. You know, it really it really does. And so, the more we can kind of pay attention to what thought am I thinking? And it's like to really think a better thinking thought, right? It's like that I, that's where I think so many people get confused about like it is like how we create and these thoughts do materialize. And for whatever reason, I picked up the book last night it was Umoto, I think was the author, but it's the Japanese gentleman who, the water, yes. And I've been writing about the power of words. And as someone who loves, like, I love the precision of words. I also get really frustrated when there isn't language for things. But it really, really, it's like, it hit me at this whole other level about the fact that we, as you had said earlier, it's like, There's this percentage of human being we are, and then the rest is like water and light and stardust and whatever, right? And it's like, (laughs) wow, these words, not only the words that we tell ourselves, that we think, but also the words we absorb from others, you know, these all make these impressions upon us, which either create, and no matter what, it's creating, but is it creating something you know, more density, or is it creating more levity, more light, more possibility, more potential? And I just, I was like, looking at some of the photographs of the water, you know, that he put on a microscope after it was frozen, and just like, oh my gosh, like these these crystalline structures, right, of the the snowflake that would come from the water that was given all of the love words and then the water that was polluted with words like hatred and violence, or, you know, it was like, it didn't even form, it was like clumps. And it's like, oh my gosh, like, that's our bodies. You know, like, that's Mm -hmm. what happens to us. It's like, we get denser and denser. So it just, it's so powerful. And it really, it really hit me, like I said, at a whole different level. I was like, I want to just be impeccable with the things that I say and the things that I think. And of course, I'm also human, so that's not possible. And it just kind of brings it back always into this practice, gratitude practice, appreciation, centering, being true to myself, which is, of course, one of the things that you're all about. And what haven't I asked you? Because I would love to share to a little bit more about just what you want our listeners to know about your book and the invitation that you are to transformation
0: first and foremost i'd probably say uh you're the one that you're looking for Mm -hmm. you know um we've been taught from i was taught very young from cinderella and snow white and all the fairy tales that i was supposed to feel complete with somebody else somebody else would complete me and I never found wholeness looking outside of myself. I only found wholeness looking within. So, if everyone could look within and find that same wholeness, there wouldn't be so much sadness and like this missing energy, like something's
1: missing. Yeah. So, and if there are listeners out there that feel like something's missing, what would you tell them?
0: Well, that yeah, that that thing that you're missing is you. Mm-hmm. Like. You think it's something else, but it's you. And there's these great tools in access consciousness called the five elements of intimacy. And it's Honor, trust, gratitude, allowance, and vulnerability. And if you practice those five elements of intimacy with yourself, you will never need to look for somebody else to fulfill any of those. And then if somebody comes into your life and they add to it, it's a frosting on the cake but you're already the cake.
1: I love that. I also wanted to share that I loved the part you shared in one of your videos about how you wrote Here to Forever. And I was so jealous when you said the thing, which was like, it took you two months to write it because it poured out of you. And it was, it was 2005. But then you said something that like, I was instantly like, my gosh, it took you six years to publish it because you didn't think your story was interesting enough. And I wanted you to say more about that because I think there's so much in that.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I I did write it really fast. And then it took me six years to publish it, partly because I had three editors tell me that I needed to rewrite it. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, if I need to rewrite it, then maybe I don't know how to write a book, or it's not valuable. And but it was never light to change it. Like it just, I'm like, it's just not light to go in and rewrite it. I even tried a couple times, and I'm like, I just can't. I can't change this thing that came through me with such ease and joy and laughter. I mean, I laughed at myself so much in those first chapters because it was my life story. But it's literally how I see it now. So, and when I was about to toss out the project and I ended up sending it to a friend of mine and I said, you know what, she's a a writer as well. And I said, you know, maybe you could take a look at this. Maybe you might know how to, I can extrapolate something or something. And she called me three days later and she said, I don't read anymore. I don't have time. And she said, I couldn't put your book down Mm. and I wouldn't change a thing. So, I self-published and and because I didn't need somebody else to tell me. I just and then it went bestseller. So obviously, the book had a life of its own and wanted to be out there in the world.
1: And yeah, well, and to go back to those five things that were missing, right? if if somebody is feeling like something's missing, like that you just kind of demonstrated honoring, right yourself, trusting yourself. And just the way that that kind of played out was such a great example of kind of you shutting out the noise, the out there, and just really honoring yourself and trusting that what you produced was perfect just the way it was. And I just loved kind of hearing that because I'm, you know, I think we teach what we most, right, needed to know and Uh need to know and continue to need to practice. and. For me, it's it's kind of all about this disrupting the trans of unworthiness and really this practice of radical self-approval and just really inviting like that to be a conversation, especially for women. Because I think that we have these incredible stories to tell that have so much value and that give each other permission. When we give ourselves permission, what we're modeling in doing that and honoring ourselves is we're modeling that that's, that's kind of the new way. And in order to break out of that trance, And in order to really change the reality, the story, the overstory, right, that kind of continually gets told in our culture, that's where I feel like women have such a massive role to play. And so if we're kind of like, my story is not good enough, or my story is not interesting enough, or I didn't have, you know, this massive before and after, or whatever we make it into, right, that we couldn't possibly share it, that that's just kind of part of the trance and... So I I loved that you shared that because it's important to recognize, I think, that we kind of still, no matter how much work we've done, no matter how great our life has become, we still run into these things that get us stuck sometimes for quite a little bit. So Venus, the other thing that I love, so I definitely am really The more I've interviewed folks from Access Consciousness, the more I've been like, all right, I've got to go and like, just be with these people because I I just love everybody that I've met is just warm and wonderful and generous and kind. And it's just like, it's just been so cool to meet so many of you through the podcast And one of the things that I love about what you are always doing, what I see you all model, are these really powerful questions that just really kind of open, again, expand space. Like it's just, it's just really just, they can be really simple. One thing that I heard you ask was being you, what if that was your only job? Like, and I want to pose that to our listeners, right? Because it's like, Seriously, what if being you was the only job that you had was to just truly be you, truly honor who you are. How would that change your reality? It's like powerful. Yeah. I mean it is. And it's like you are such a gift. There's
0: nobody else in the world like you. It just isn't. So if everybody can get that for themselves, but your gift, exactly the way you are, and exactly the way you're not. Mm. Does it? You know, Monica is way different than I am, but Monica brings Monica and all of her gifts and all of her beauty, and 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 I bring what I bring, and Dane brings what he brings, and like it's just, it's such an invitation to stop judging ourselves and comparing ourselves to, and just being like, okay, being you is a gift. Being you is an invitation to others that can do it as well. That can have that as well. If you choose it, others can choose it.
1: Yeah, and it's it's also a great kind of metaphor for me for the Revelation Project too, because it's like unbecoming from everything we thought we needed to be to become who we really are to reveal who we really are. And you know that's that's heaven. You know, it's like. Right. Just the space to explore, to receive, to honor, to trust, to reveal more and more of ourselves. And that includes, you know, revealing ourselves to ourselves and revealing ourselves to each other. I mean, I think too, like the second we think we know somebody is like, that too is such an illusion, because they're changing with every moment, just like we are. And the second we try to peg somebody is like the moment we pin the butterfly is like the magic is gone. And so I really invite our listeners, you know, and to check out Access Consciousness as one of those portals into you know, coming back home to yourself, because there's many, I mean, there's many ways, many paths, many tools, but it's just such a beautiful way. You guys have created really just a set of methods and tools that I think make this work so available for so many people. So I just really honor you, Venus. I have enjoyed our conversation so much today. Your energy brings so much peace and yeah, you have this real centered way about you that just really allows. So, thank you
0: for acknowledging that. That's actually something recently that I realized part of being me, mm. right? Yeah, it's like I actually can bring that and invite others to that possibility. So well, what can you bring? You know, what magic and possibility can you invite people to? Yes, I wonder. and you'll love it. I know I'm. Everything you've studied and all the things that you love to do, you'll have access,
1: to Oh, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. <laughs> now I just, I'll meet you at the castle and our <laughs> listeners can join us. And, sure. you know, and Venus, is there anything that you want to invite people to check out that's coming up or, you know, any, any place you want to direct them?
0: Well, it's not up yet, but we'll be up soon and since we talked about it i am doing a being class at the castle in october so if you want to (laughs) come there's no prerequisites for it so (laughs) okay
1: you know what austin and i have been looking to do something so i want to talk about that and just get some more insight on that because that that sounds just amazing and so yeah we'll meet We'll, we'll all meet you there and <laughs> and in the meantime I'll put all of the links in the show notes and Venus will probably you know just be in touch because I'm sure oh, you Venus. know there's always more to be revealed so thanks again for just being here and thanks again to our listeners for tuning in thank you Monica
0: for being you and the gifts that you are in the world really this thank has you. been a true joy
1: Thank you. Thank you. Okay. For our listeners, more to be revealed. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening. And as always, more to be revealed.